This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and we're set to go on a Monday, get a new week started here in Studio B. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us today. It's a very busy day here on campus. It's Pelicans Media Day as uh, training camp 2015 begins for our basketball team and uh, all the usual pictures and videos and green screens and odd questions are being asked today before the team leaves for the Greenbrier this afternoon and they start practice tomorrow, as a matter of fact, two days tomorrow with a midday practice and an evening practice for Alvin Gentry's team. And the football team is back in town after their road game yesterday at Carolina. Loss to the Panthers. The Saints now 0-3, and we'll um, kind of uh, look back on Sunday uh, here on this Monday before turning their attention to a home game and the Dallas Cowboys this uh, coming weekend. But with that being said, J.D., it's uh, one of those days where you kind of duck and dodge athletes going down the hall. It's good to have both teams here and working. Um, wish we had better news for the Saints yesterday. Um, and, uh, of course, there's the excitement of the Pelicans, too. Yeah, Pell's getting kicked off, so that's good. you got a playoff team that's uh, hopefully going to look to advance a little bit more, uh, get a better seating, obviously, uh, maybe win a playoff round. Uh, you have incremental steps in the NBA, and so hopefully you see the Pelicans take another step, and the Saints try to take a step in a positive direction. There are no moral victories. I mean, your record is what it is. It's 0-3, and yet, you know, to not have Drew Brees and to have an opportunity to beat – Carolina on the road in the last two minutes of the game. That's about as much as the Saints could have asked for, um, considering Carolina's undefeated now 3-0. and uh, Didn't have an answer for Cam Newton. Didn't have an answer for Greg Olson. A lot of teams don't. Uh, but the Saints did have a, a Lute, Ols- uh, Lute Olson, Luke McCown. I'm thinking about the old basketball coach. See, I'm in a basketball mode. <laughs> Luke McCown probably played the game of his life, uh, 31 for 38 at quarterback and, and for 310 yards and had that one costly interception. But – Again, had his team in position to maybe win the game, and, and uh, that, that interception in the end zone with 69 seconds left on an outstanding play, by the way, by cornerback Josh, Josh Norman uh, really, really sealed the game for Carolina. So Saints play valiant, don't win the game. Got to push the uh, turn the page on that one and hope for uh, hope for better uh, fortunes Sunday night against Dallas. Yeah, I mean, who'd have thought? Carolina and Atlanta are both undefeated, and New Orleans now I think one of four teams – Left without a win in the NFL, there's still a game to be played tonight that features uh, Green Bay and the uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Green Bay and holy cow, it's I can't it's left it me at the moment. I know we're at Lambeau Field tonight, uh, but anyway, the, the weekend in the NFL itself was another weekend of great storylines and drama. I mean, how about this? Baltimore is 0-3 for the first time in their franchise history. And oh, by the way, Thursday night football coming up this week, uh, a real dandy here. It's your 0-3 Ravens versus the Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers, um, not to mention all the other things that kind of have occurred now around the NFL. This is this is what the NFL wants, right? You never know until the games are played. Well, exactly. I mean, that's why you line up and play. You can't play the games on paper. Otherwise, you'd have a lot of undefeated teams and a lot of 2-1 and one teams as opposed to you know, some 0-3 and three teams and some 1-2 and two teams. Uh, Baltimore was a Vogue pick to go to the Super Bowl. They were 0-3, and they looked like they could be in somewhat of a shambles. Uh, so you just don't know until they get out there on the field. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger uh, could still – 
kind of stay afloat, even though Michael Vick isn't the guy he used to be. But he's got Antonio Brown at receiver, and he's got Le'Veon Bell at running back. And those are two of the best players in the league at their positions. He might be able to kind of game manage, but that's never been Michael Vick's game. He's always been knocked out, always been hurt. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Pittsburgh. And certainly, uh, you know, the, the winless teams in the league, the Saints being among them, you know, this the NFL is, is structured to where, you know, they I think the, the operative word used to always be parity. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't mind if everybody was eight and eight almost. Uh, so the Saints need to get back to level ground, and there are several other teams that need to join them there. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes how it goes as we as we keep pro- progressing. Yeah, no doubt. Is Seattle healthy now? All of a sudden, after they whipped up on the Bears yesterday, pitched a shutout. New England looked like a world beater again. Um, there's a lot to be learned from this past weekend in the NFL, and yet again, it's also very early still, uh, just three weeks in. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but let me give you the rest of the show here today. Um, later on, we're going to hear uh, from the basically the three principals right now at the Pelicans. That would be general manager Dell Dems, head coach Alvin Gentry, and um, power forward Anthony Davis, who are holding press conferences as a part of Media Day today. We'll share some of the highlights of that. And then coming up next, I'm going to ask J.D. here, because he was with the football team yesterday in Carolina, get his thoughts on kind of the three phases of the football team each having a unique experience yesterday against the Panthers. John touched on some of that, but we're going to continue here from Studio B with our Saints conversation in just a moment. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise clinical research and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Welcome back. Still to come, plenty of Pelicans talk here on this media day, an exciting one for a Pelicans team that I think is on the brink of a possibly a very special season. We'll see how that plays out, but we'll hear from Alvin Gentry, Dell Dempson, Anthony Davis in just a moment. Let's talk about the three phases of the Saints yesterday. Obviously, you talked about the fact that you're 0-3, um, I, I love the fact that Luke McCown said yesterday after the game that this, there are no glass jaws in this room. That, you know, this is a team with some resilience. They're going to need it, um, obviously, starting a, with this weekend and still in pursuit of their, their first win. But, you know, offensively, you talked about Luke McCown and, and maybe having, his, in your words, the game of his life. I, I don't think anyone could have asked 
for a guy to come in for his first start in in years, let's just be honest, and have the day that he had. It looked like a, a Saints offense, J.D., that had some decent tempo to it, uh, that had a purpose to it. I mean, the way that Luke came out of the gate and spread the ball around, that was that's classic Sean Payton offense right there. Yeah, I, I, I say that, and yet I almost feel like they caught Carolina off guard. I don't think the Panthers thought the Saints would come out and throw the ball 38 times yesterday. Uh, with Luke McCown out there, especially with the way Mark Ingram was able to run against him in Carolina last year. I think they might have caught him off guard. But, you know, credit Luke McCown for being as efficient as he was and, and as tempo-oriented. He said he wanted to get the te- keep the tempo going, and I think they had Carolina on the heels for a good portion of that game, and certainly Luke McCown took advantage of it. Now, the, the bad thing for the Saints is, you know, again, Luke plays the game of his life, and they aren't able to capitalize because they do have a couple of turnovers. Uh, the Ben Watson fumble turns out to be critical. Uh, the end zone interception obviously is critical. Um, and so from that standpoint, you, you waste some opportunities to put some points on the board. And, they, you know, at the time the, the end zone interception comes to down 27-22, they have to have a touchdown in order to tie the game uh, or, excuse me, in order to win the game. But you're in that position because, you know, you botch a PAT attempt. And so, you know, that ends up costing them. And then uh, subsequently they have to go for a two-point conversion, which they don't convert. So that leaves you five in the hole instead of three in the hole. So whereas you're able to get in position to kick a field goal to tie the game, now you have to score a touchdown because you a field goal does you no good in the, that situation. So a couple of miscues always kind of jumps up and gets this team. And that's what Zach Street said yesterday. You know, the margin for error for this team isn't big enough for them to be able to make those kinds of errors and overcome them. Why are the Saints having trouble running the football with, with any kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say regularity, with maybe some punch to it? Well, I mean, I guess a lot of it has to do with what's happening with the receiver core. If a team doesn't necessarily re- respect your receivers or, or if they feel like they can play you man-to-man, uh, they can load up the box. And so I don't see a lot of space for Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson and C.J. Spiller when it's time to take those handoffs and, and make their moves. So I, I believe that has a lot to do with it. The only time we saw the Saints run effectively this season uh, for a good stretch was the second half against Tampa Bay. Well, I think maybe part and parcel of that is Tampa Bay was leading 20-7 to and 23-7 to in, in the second half. So they're going to drop back and play the pass a little bit more because they know the Saints are in, in catch-up mode. So, and that's the only time the Saints have really gained some yardage, 13 carries for 79 yards in the second half against Tampa Bay. Otherwise, it's been a struggle to run the football, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, if these, until these receivers and the passing game show that they are the Saints of old, then they're going to load the box and say, okay, we're going to take these guys away. We're going to imbalance you. you we're going to make you one-dimensional. And even though the Saints have traditionally had a fearsome passing game under Sean Payton and with Drew Brees, it hadn't been the case this season so far until yesterday. And even then, it took Luke McCown 38 attempts to get 310 yards. So, you know, it's been a struggle this season, you know, in the running game. And until they get that balanced out, something is going to continue to probably be a struggle. Yeah. Speaking of struggles, the defense had theirs yesterday. And again, Cam Newton was vintage Cam Newton yesterday. Um, but the Saints defense uh, has to wear some of this from yesterday, if not a lot of it. Well, if you don't get to the quarterback, I don't care who it is, they're going to be effective. And if you don't get to a Cam Newton, he's going to shred you up. I mean, and Cam Newton had a, a vintage Cam Newton-like day, and everybody else that the Panthers have played have at least been able to get an interception off of him, or they've been able to get him on the ground with a couple of sacks. Well, how Kakaha, the rookie linebacker, was able to take him down for a sack. But otherwise, he was pretty much – 
you know, uncontested in the pocket. And if you've got that much time, if you Cam Newton, you know, I don't care who you are. If you've got, you know, five, six, seven seconds, a receiver's going to break open. And certainly the Saints did not do a great job of covering Greg Olson, the tight end, knowing that Greg Olson was the main, the main target of Cam Newton. He ends up with five catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. That can't happen when the primary guy that everybody comes into the building knowing is the primary guy, and you can't take him away. And Brandon Browner, the cornerback, you know, took some of the responsibility and said, look, you know, we were playing zone. I didn't get deep enough in my zone. And Kenny Vaccaro, you know, not to place blame, but Kenny Vaccaro was saying, look, if you play zone, it still has man principles. When a guy comes into your area, he becomes your man. (laughs) So, you know, so they just aren't, you know, really executing the assignments. And I know a lot of people are, you know, kicking Rob Ryan around today, but Rob Ryan's players, not that they just like the guy to death, but they're saying, look, He's calling the right stuff. We're just not executing it. And we've seen that in, in a lot of cases, unfortunately, with coaches. The coaches bear the brunt when the, when the players don't execute. Yeah. So, you know, that's when coaches always say, you know, okay, well, if we can't get these guys to do it right, we'll find somebody else to do it right. Well, um, the unfortunate part of that is there's a reason those guys are reserves and they're on the bench and they're not starting in the beginning. So now when you try to, you know, tr- turn to a backup, you know, you, you put yourself at maybe even more peril because the guy, he obviously isn't better than the guy in front of him. Well, well said. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, hey, obviously the highlight on special teams was Marcus Murphy. Um, you'd been saying all along, this guy's going to bust one. Sure enough, he did. Uh, and, and on a play that was a redo, I mean a do-over, if you will. It's the ultimate, you know, playground scenario. We're going to have a do-over and then bam. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, that was one of those things where, you know, you got to credit the coaching staff. I mean, you know, um, Coach Coach Mack, Coach Greg McMahon, the special teams coordinator, and Coach Payton because basically they accepted the penalty even after Marcus had muffed the previous punt and they said, okay, let's give this kid another chance. Right. We, we, believe we, we believe we might pop one. And sure enough, you know, he catches it and he takes it to the house and he's one of those guys, if, if, if you can't stay in front of him, which is pretty hard but if you can't stay in front of him you ain't going to catch him if you got an angle on him Mm -hmm. so once he gets moving you know straight ahead he's going to score and that's what he was known for in college Uh, and certainly we saw a good facet of it yesterday against Tampa Bay so he's a weapon that teams will probably begin to directional punt again and it might gain the Saints some field position from that that standpoint because people are going to want to kick it out of bounds they're not going to want to give him opportunities to return kicks. Now, the Saints have got to clean up their PAT. I mean, they had one blocked against Tampa Bay. Luke McCown drops a snap yesterday, and those are just errors that just cannot happen because, again, those end up affecting the Saints in the long run yesterday. The missed PAT, or excuse me, the bobbled PAT and botched leads to them having to go for two. They don't convert to two, and now all of a sudden, as we said previously, they're down five instead of being down three. And on that last drive where they got to go for the touchdown, maybe you don't have to have that touchdown. You kick a you kick a field goal and you take them to overtime, and who knows what happens in overtime. But certainly, you know, you put yourself in jeopardy by missing the PAT and then forcing yourself to have to go for two. So that is a small thing, you, and you take it for granted. But now that that PAT has been moved back, all of a sudden everything's a little bit more difficult. And Luke McCown just probably had had a concentration lapse. He said, "Look, I just dropped it. That can't happen mm-hmm. for the guy who's holding for the PAT. That simply cannot happen." Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it really is. It's it's a big part of the story. You are exactly right. Um, let me ask you this before we take a break and turn our attention to the Pelicans here. Um, if you had to guess. Is is Sean Payton dropping the hammer on these guys this week, or is he doing a lot more lifting up this week, heading for that primetime game against Dallas? I think he's doing a lot more lifting up. I think I think 
as a maybe as a general rule, I'm not sure how most coaches operate, but I think Coach Payton, when the team loses, is more apt to uplift, and when they win, he's probably not 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 beating them around, but at least pointing out the things that need to be improved on, probably strongly, because he's always one of those you know don't eat the cheese kind of guys. You know, he's okay, you're doing well, but don't believe the hype, don't believe what you're reading. Here's where we need to improve. So, I, but I don't think he's kicking them around because, like I said, even though there aren't any moral victories, I can't believe. You know, as a team, the Saints can't be somewhat pleased with what they put on the field yesterday against Tampa Bay. Because, again, you're going out there without Drew Brees, a guy who's, you know, the world to this franchise. And to be able to to, to take a Carolina defense that had basically shut down the first two opponents and really locked them up. And to be able to move the ball the way they did with Luke McCown, who hadn't started a game since 2011. I can't stress that enough. Since 2011, had not started a football game. And had not started since 2011. Okay, yeah. And so now you're talking about a guy who, you know, and not to say that he was rusty, but hadn't had – that's one thing to play in a preseason game and another thing to play in a regular season game. And so to not play that long and to complete 19 of his first 20 passes, which was, you know, basically ridiculous. And the one that he didn't complete was batted at the line of scrimmage and the receiver, Willie Sneak, was running free. He was going to complete mm-hmm. it. So <laughs> he could have been 20 for his first 20. Um, really, really says a lot about the preparation and the pride that these guys have. But, again, you know, all that stuff said, they're 0-3. And so that's, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is, you know, as Bill Parcells, you know, Coach Payton's, you know, idol and friend always says, you are what your record says you are. And the record says they're 0-3, and that's what it is. And I don't care how well you played, you're 0-3, and that's something they got to turn around. I call him the senior chief. He's the uh, senior writer for NewOrleansaints.com, John DeShazer. And uh, today really, by the way, starts our divide-and-conquer portion of the calendar. Basically, over the next three months, John and I will be trying to do our best to uh, lead the way on coverage here internally for the uh, Saints and the Pelicans. <laughs> and so I will leave today with the Pelicans for training camp. John will be with the football team all week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we will crisscross uh, the country and the two locker rooms over the next three months as the overlap is officially underway. And with that being said, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from the head coach and the man, Anthony Davis, as the Pelicans get set to start training camp here uh, at this uh, late September juncture. Back in a moment. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As promised, we're going to talk some Pelicans here on Pelicans Media Day. It's a busy day for the basketball team. Not only do they have Media Day, but also travel to 
the Greenbrier in West Virginia, where tomorrow they will begin practice. Jim Eichenhofer, David Wesley, myself will be there covering it all for you for Pelicans.com and, of course, on your Pelicans app and here on the Black and Blue Report, uh, too. All right, earlier today, as a part of Media Day, three different press conferences were held, one for General Manager Dell Demps, the other for Head Coach Alvin Gentry and Anthony Davis. Let's get you some of the highlights of what those gentlemen said today to the media. It was a packed uh, media room, that's for sure, for today's uh, festivities. But uh, Dell Demps, who's had, as you might imagine, a pretty busy offseason, uh, was uh, fresh and ready to go and talked about some of the keys uh, to start the season for the team. I think some of the keys for us this year is going to be um, the camaraderie and playing together, how fast we can pick up the new system. And I thought last year down the stretch the group played with a sense of desperation and urgency. And if we can continue that, I think we'll be ready to take that next step. Of course, there are still a couple of things up in the air, one of which would, I guess would be the Drew Holiday situation. Um, Drew's been playing and participating in, in the workouts at the Pelicans facility, but there will be some restrictions, not only through training camp, but the early portion of the regular season. Uh, Demps uh, t- discussed some of those as well. Um, we're going to monitor him. Um, we're, we're being cautious right now. You know, he's pain-free right now, but we're going to be cautious because for us um, it's about the long terms about the you know his his career you know we we don't want to rush him into something and you know we're going to we're going to be very cautious we talked to our medical group and we're going to be monitoring him um and then there'll be a progression you know one of the hard things to try and gauge is uh is what what the general manager has in mind as to an expectation or what would be a successful season uh and uh, while it was a tough question i thought that dell handled it pretty well he talked about that and um, not only what would be a, uh, a successful season, but also then uh, he transitioned to talking about his ball club uh, now handling higher expectations as a team. Obviously, we want to get back to the playoffs, but, you know, we really want to see if this team is good enough. You know, I, I think they are. We, we believe in this group. Um, you know, we're playing in a tough conference for last year. I mean, in a tough division where, you know, every team in our division made the playoffs last year. And yet we came in last. And so, you know, we want to take that next step and, you know, we want to become one of the elite teams. And, you know, at the end of the season, you know, the seeding basically one or two games separates, you know, three to five. And so it would be real important that we go out and play every game and uh, stay healthy. That's a great question because you want those expectations. You know, you, you don't want to come in as the underdog. You want to come in with people thinking that you're going to be pretty good. And so now we feel like we haven't accomplished what people think that we can. So we still have to go out and prove it. And so on paper it looks good, but, you know, that's going to be key to us also is that, you know, how do we handle the expectations, the, the, the praise, the pats on the back. And I think we still have to keep our blue-collar mentality because I thought when we were at our best is when we played with an urgency and a desperation. And sometimes it got ugly. Sometimes it was a scrappy game. But I think – that's going to be really important for us is, you know, not listening to the outside noise and focusing focusing in on the task. So that was Dell Demps, of course, with the media. Uh, Alvin Gentry it was his usual self today. And, you know, it's tough answering some of the questions that he was asked uh, even before the team has their first official practice. But, you know, with that being said, I think Gentry's got a pretty good grasp on on where he'd like to see things go during training camp and – and also what he thinks of his roster, the one he's inheriting now as the new head coach 
of the New Orleans Pelicans. Now the challenge would be, of course, taking that roster and its current makeup and taking it even further than it's been before. First of all, I wanted the team uh, back together. Uh, Dell and I talked about it. Uh, I just saw potential. I think this team has great depth. Uh, I think what you have to do, and, 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 and these guys truly believe uh, that they should have had an opportunity to uh, uh, not only uh, be in the playoffs, but uh, they, they went into the Golden State Series thinking that they could win the series. And I think, number one, that's the first battle you got to overcome. Uh, secondly, uh, I just think that health becomes such an issue uh, in, in anything. And if you look back last year at the Golden State team, very, very few injuries. Everybody, you know, there was very few injuries. So uh, you got to get a little lucky in that, that aspect of it too. So uh, if we can get everybody healthy here, um, I think the, the, the attitude uh, is already there uh, from the standpoint of, of, of feeling like, you know, that, that we should be a, a team that can compete with anyone. So uh, then it comes down to doing it on the court. You got to execute, you know, you got to be able to come up with big stops. And to me, that's the number one thing. Uh, the Golden State team, uh, we're, we were very good offensively at, at you know, at, at scoring and being able to do that. But I think what made that team so good uh, is that when they needed stops, they could come up with stops. And that's what we have to become. We have to become a very good defensive team that happened to be pretty, you know, really good offensively. Gentry was asked, of course, about Anthony Davis, and I think that the, you know, some pretty obvious answers there about one of the best players in the world. But he's also got some things that he's got to work through with regard to how he wants to use Tyreek Evans and how he sees a guy like Eric Gordon, a guy that he uh, tried to get to the Phoenix Suns when he was the head coach out in the desert. I think with Tyreek, uh, you know, he, he he's going to mostly be a point guard. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be situations where uh, he may play a couple of other positions, but I'd say right now uh, I see him mainly as a point guard with potential to really push the ball. As I said before, you know, I, I really like him. Uh, I like him to the point that when I was at Phoenix, we offered him a contract. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just feel like he's a, he's a very good – uh, player, and I think if he if he played in an up tempo system, uh, you know where he had more opportunities. Uh, I think you know he shot the ball extremely well last year, forty four percent. I think the last you know thirty or so games of the year, or something like that. I think so. Uh, the potential is there, and I just think uh, when you give him the freedom. Uh, you know, and, and more possessions in a game, then I, I, I think he's comfortable playing that way. And finally, with Coach Gentry, there'll be a noticeable difference in the pace of the play of this team. We've known that since really the day that he was hired as the head coach of the Pelicans. And he talked about the challenge of getting this ball club to where he wants it to be as far as his system, his pace, and a result. We're going to start that from day one of training camp. And I think it's something that's Easy to say, but very difficult to do. That's a very good question. Uh, and what you have to do is that it has to become a mindset uh, of your team. And so from the very first day, we're going to emphasize, you know, the, the pace of the game and pushing the basketball and the spacing of the floor. And 
I'm not I'm not sure how long it'll take for us to get it, but at some stage these guys are very willing guys and, and very coachable guys. And so at some stage they'll get it, and I think it's going to be something that's going to be really good uh, for our basketball team. That was head coach Alvin Gentry. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Anthony Davis, number 23, ready to start a new season with even higher expectations after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to our little podcast here from Studio B, a very, very busy headquarters of the Pelicans and the Saints today. Uh, Before we wrap up, as promised, here's a little Anthony Davis uh, in what he talked about with the media today. Of course, by the way, he was asked, you know, some of the usual media day questions. In fact, one of the more humorous moments for Anthony was discussing his player rating on NBA 2K, I guess it's 15 or 16, 16, not my son plays this, but I don't, but... I think that his current rating is like a 92 or 93, which is like two points below LeBron James. And while he didn't answer the question about whether or not he was pleased with that rating, he did ask the reporter what the reporter thought it should be, and the reporter thought 98, and AD said, well, that'd be okay. But then again, he said he doesn't play himself on the game. As a matter of fact, it seems like Davis plays the Houston Rockets sometimes when he plays 2K16. So that was pretty humorous. Um, one of the things uh, that uh, Davis did discuss, though, that is uh, more pertinent to the situation, of course, is uh, is what he'll do to fit into Alvin Gentry's new system. Yeah, um, it's kind of remind me how we played at Kentucky. You know, we just ran all the time, you know, and that's how we were able to get a lot of fast, great points and um, score a lot of points. So, um, you know, I think I think you know I can adjust to it. Um, just run. I mean, I run anyway. <laughs> I run anyway. So um, just run and just play a lot faster, but uh, still have your mind moving slow. Um, I think that's probably going to be the toughest thing for everybody, you know, playing fast, but, you know, your mind is moving slow, um, making quick decisions, you know. Um, but, you know, that's why we got training camp preseason, try to figure it out. Of course, Davis and all of his teammates and a good, you know, the core is back. And while there's a new head coach and a new system, one thing that does carry over from last season is the confidence gained 
at the end of last season and what it means for this season? I mean, we are definitely confident, you know, making the playoffs last year, you know, and just getting that feeling um, and that taste of being there, the atmosphere, you know, uh, the, the the pace of play, you know, the arenas, you know, the hype around the games, TV. It's just, you know, you just want to be there again. And so um, I think, you know, even having this different pace um, and this different offense, and even our defense is going to be better. Um, it just helps us out a ton more. And knowing that, you know, we get the ball and just flying, you know, and how a lot of guys play anyway, um, it's just going to make us even more confident in getting back to the playoffs. Davis was one of the best defensive players of the year last year in the uh, in not only the West but overall in the NBA, his shot blocking at the top. And now this team, as we've heard already today from not only Dell Demps but Alvin Gentry too, has uh, even more focus on the defensive end of the floor. And while Monty Williams and that system had a lot of defensive uh, focus to it and at times uh, proved to be that way, Davis and these Pelicans will be learning the new defensive system of Alvin Gentry too. Davis talked about that change and how it will come about during training camp. Our schemes are a lot, uh, a lot different um, than last year. Um, I'm not saying that it's going to worry. We don't know. We haven't put it to the test yet, but um, everything's just a little more simplified. Um, you know, guys are healthy. Guys are working on defense. You know, uh, you know, individually. You know, defensive slides. You know, closeouts, everything like that. So, you know. I'm not saying it's going to be better because we don't know yet, but um, the way everybody's feeling right now about our defense, we feel like we can be a top-five defensive team. And so there you have it. We'll be hearing more from Anthony, of course, uh, throughout the week as we'll be covering training camp from the Greenbrier in West Virginia and take us right up to that first preseason game against the Pacers on Saturday night. That's going to do it for us on a very busy Monday. Thanks again to John DeShazer for stopping by to talk Saints with us. And I hope you enjoyed the coverage of our media day this morning. More to come later on today at pelicans.com and throughout the week. Uh, Daniel Salerson will be hosting tomorrow through Friday, and you'll hear from David Wesley and myself from up at the Greenbrier. John DeShazer and company will have things covered on the Saints end of things, and Daniel will, of course, be getting ready for the primetime game against the Cowboys later on this week. We've got plenty for you. Tomorrow on the show, Jake Seeley, by the way, has got your latest uh, fantasy tips And uh, we'll have a report, as we promised, from the Greenbrier in day one of Pelicans practice. All right, so that's the rundown for tomorrow. Let's end on a good note. I think that's smart to do on a Monday, regardless of whether or not the Saints won or lost. Uh, So here's the good note. Remember, just like last week, when the Saints score, you score at Domino's. Domino's giving 50% off all large pizzas at menu price today only. All you have to do is enter the promo code Saints at Domino's.com. Again, Saints at Domino's.com. Offer valid online only and at select Domino's locations. When the Saints score, you score at Domino's. This great offer, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Domino's. There's a nice, uh, tasty way to end this Monday. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.